Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, lovers. This is And Just Like That, The Writer's Room, the official companion podcast from Max. I'm Michael Patrick King, writer, director, and executive producer of And Just Like That, But before that, I was writer and director and executive producer of Sex and the City. And believe it or not, this summer marks the 25th anniversary of the premiere of Sex and the City. And I think it's a pretty big deal. So before we get into the new season of In Just Like That, we thought we had to mark this occasion with some pretty big deal guests. So joining us today to celebrate and reflect on the legacy is Sarah Jessica Parker. Good morning, Michael. <laughs> Good morning, Charlie. <laughs> Cynthia Nixon. <laughs> Woohoo! And Kristen Davis. Hello, hello, hello. Well, you know, icons, muses from the since it's the writing room, I can tell you that the reason that I'm writing still is because I'm writing for you three. Because the idea that you get to write a character for 25 years is unheard of. I mean, novelists get to write a character for 25 years, but you don't get to write a character and then watch the same actor play it. So let's go back 25 years. My first question... With pleasure. (laughs) My first question is... What did you think you were getting involved in? Someone came to you and said, do this show, Sex and the City, on this thing called HBO, which was not a brand yet, really. It was a destination, but it wasn't like, ooh. Mm. What did you think people were asking you to do, Sarah Jessica? Well, I think I have to start by saying I'm not really sure anymore what I remember, what I've made up what I've said, what's been said to me, because we've had occasions with one another or sometimes in an interview to be asked about, like, the provenance, the early days. What I will say is that, to me at the time, HBO was um, a channel that wealthy families had in their homes. Like, we didn't have HBO. That was an extravagance that was for people with disposable income. So you would try to get yourself invited to a home (laughs) that had HBO or, say, a friend when you moved out. Or a motel have HBO. Remember, it was like a sign. It was a thing. When I was asked about it, Kevin Yvain called me, my agent now of 38 years, and said that— baby. Darren Starr had reached out, and there was a script, and that he thought of me to play this part. And 
he reminded me who Darren Star was because I wasn't entirely sure because I didn't know. You weren't watching I Melrose wasn't, Place? And I also you just wasn't. You weren't watching Kristen on Melrose Place at the time? I made up for it. But, <laughs> but I think also I, at the time, and even still to some degree, I wasn't aware, I don't know if you guys were, of like who the producers were in Hollywood, like who was making... So, of course not. Theater, movies. And also just right. it was, was just aware. a world away. Yes. <laughs> well, you were in Hollywood. <laughs> Kristen was. was in Hollywood. Was in, Sarah Jessica and Cynthia were, we're home-based in, in New York. And, right. Yeah. And and um and so I read the script and it I thought it was very compelling. And I met with him and I had a couple questions, some practical questions, some creative questions, not interrogation, but more so you know, how do you imagine this and why me? And because it was a different idea of me in my head. And thus, you know, an agreement was reached happily. Um, and, and do you remember what he said about, like, why you? Do you remember? Um, he said he just had my my voice in his head. That's how he described it. And I didn't pursue it further because there was a part of me that didn't want to n- right, know right, why, right, right. but it seemed at least he for sure knew I wasn't Mary Louise Parker. Or, you know, like, I was like, <laughs> right. it's for sure me that you're imagining. <laughs> I like the idea of imagining this as well. There was a question I had about nudity and what his expectations were and how he might feel if I was uncomfortable with that idea. He was very open to that not being necessary. There were a couple other for questions. For your character. For my character. <laughs> and, and I also had scheduling questions because I was doing a play at the time and I was about to get married, which I wasn't sharing with anybody, and I wanted to make sure I could still take care of those obligations. Mm-hmm. And he was open to all of it. And... You know, it was thirty minutes or so. Wow! That was meaning like that's that's, not the, that what, that's what the show was. Well, it was completely not commercial. You know, yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the title. Mm-hmm. Of it was the like show. a boutique of this. It was like a boutique. Little yeah, very thing. much. And it felt that way to us for years. I mean, the IP, the source material, of course, is Candace Bushnell's brittle, Correct. brilliant Sex in the City columns, which, which I are, knew, which quite of course well. uh, New Yorkers, and it was a. Uh, very brittle, very female-driven. So already we're not in the network world. We're completely not in the usual brand. Now, Kristen, you had worked with Darren on Melrose Place, yes? Yeah. And did he call you up and say, hey, yeah, come on and everything. do the show? I want to rehear it. <laughs> I like all these okay, stories. So, so on, on Melrose, you know, I was I was in LA going on like 12 auditions a day, you know, just killing myself, trying to get a job. And then I got Brooke on <laughs> um, Melrose and I was so excited. So I got that, which I thought was like, like the be all and end all come to find out not so much you know n- no offense to melrose lovers but it was hard you know it was a factory and there were 80 million cast members at that point darren leaves right to go do i believe central park west or is that correct correct I don't remember yes something that didn't necessarily pan out but he was gone so he he had said to me when i got there you know, I, 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 I like you for this part because you're funny. And I was like, really? Uh, I'm supposed to be funny because I mean, there were no That's jokes, Kristen's right? Worst <laughs> phrase. Supposed <laughs> to be true. It's true. It's so true, Michael. You know this. So then he leaves, right? And all these other writers are like, we don't know what to do with that character. Sure. We don't know what to do with that girl. Oh my god, they fire me. They, they, they put what? Put, they kill me. Yeah, I died. Brooke died. Thank God. Yeah, thank God. Then he sends me. The script, the talk of the town, 
in my in my LA, world. which is different the than the talk LA. of LA. Yeah, sorry, sorry. The talk of Los Angeles or Hollywood, I guess, or whatever you want to call it, was Sex and the City because it was really? so unusual. Yes, wow. Amongst, I had no idea. Amongst women, amongst women, all Actors, my mean. actresses friends okay. had no idea because everyone wanted it. So he sends it with a letter, or maybe he called me and said, you know, well, we really want Sarah Jessica, or we wanted Sarah Jessica, or whatever, and she's worried and she may not do it. So you need to read. I know. Clever of to- me, wasn't it? <laughs> I don't recall this at all, but no, maybe it was Kevin. The bait and switch. They say, we don't know if Sarah's going to do it, so will you read for Carrie? And I was like, what the blah, blah. So in the script, you remember the original script, Carrie was much more like Candace, and she smoked, and she swore, and she, you know, do you, you remember this, right? And I was like, well, I can't possibly. And I remember one line in the script that said, Carrie has the body of Heather Locklear and the mind of Dorothy Parker. Oh. And I was oh. like, that is adorable, but I can't play that part. Like, what you thinking? What? Like, Back I mean, to the hello? writing room. That kind of sentence destroys people. <laughs> it's true. Because it's an impossible standard, but yeah. apparently not, because we got right, somebody exactly. with the body of Heather Locklear 100%. and the mind of Dorothy Parker. 100%. And you don't need to say anything. You can just keep you having just your breakfast. You just be quiet over there We're with saying your bacon. It. Right. So I was like, Darren, I can't, I can't play Carrie. I can't even read for Carrie. I am this other girl who's like underwritten, but I understand her. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I need to be her. And he was like, oh, okay. So I go in, I read, I think it's fine. Darren comes out and he's wound up and you can tell. And his arms are flying around and he's like, you've got to go back in and you've got to be funny. You've got to make it funny. And I'm like, uh, but there's like no jokes, Darren. You know, I'm like in the waiting room, right? I'm like, how do I make it? And he's like, you guys just be, be bigger. And Jarred thus Charlotte was born. <laughs> well, I mean, was she or wasn't no, she? No, right? she was Let's not born. Was like, uh, <laughs> the uh, panic of you know Charlotte how big was born. Exactly, the, the you must be a certain way of Charlotte was born. 100%. It's interesting because my experience with HBO is not bigger. Just kind of like, I mean, it's usually yes. the actual experience of doing the show was smaller. Yes. Cynthia. Cynthia. Origin story. <laughs> I feel like I know a little bit because I feel like we've talked about Oh, this. I don't remember Cynthia's okay, origin well, story. Okay, well, as I was listening to people talking, I was like, actually, I did a show at HBO. I did Tanner 88. Oh, that's in right. 1988. That was, that was, a, that was a legendary miniseries. Right, right. It wasn't oh, a series. Oh, right, right, right. It was like, yeah, it was yeah. like yeah. seven episodes or something. Yeah. But um, so, you know, I was whatever I was, 30, 31, whatever I was, and, you know, lifelong New Yorker, and I never – anyway – this show showed up. And, you know, back in the first or two, one or two seasons, you know, Carrie used to, there were all these people who would speak to the camera about right, their right. experiences, little mini things. And mm-hmm. it was more about the people Carrie was sort of covering in the press. So Seven it seemed, million people on the island of Manhattan. Right. They brought me in to audition for Carrie. I auditioned and they were like, yeah, not so much. <laughs> and I said, and I said to myself, and I'm usually bigger, not, bigger, <laughs> bigger. and I'm usually not so proactive. But I was like, at the time, it didn't seem like there were four women. It seemed there were like there was like seven. <laughs> because in the, now there are. Because in the well, and now there are. And That's just like that. <laughs> and I was like, it's a show that shoots in New York. This never happens. <laughs> yeah. There's got to be one of those women I can play. <laughs> there couldn't, you I, go. couldn't they see me for somebody else? <laughs> so they came back and they said, yeah, not a Carrie, but, you know, read for Miranda. And my manager of, like, however many years, yeah, I can't decades. even calculate it. She said to me when before I went in for Miranda, she was like, maybe you could comb your hair. <laughs> maybe you could 
wear some lipstick. <laughs> lipstick? And I was like, okay, whatever, you know. And they auditioned me a lot of times. I don't know how many times. And then I also tested in New York. And I can't even remember what month that was. Kind Springish? Of, it, was it was very spring. early. You were not attached yet. It was or that we knew about. Yeah. It was very early. And then the two weeks came and went and nothing. <gasps> oh, wow. And so I auditioned for many other things. I was kind of needing money. I never did a series in L.A., uh, but I was like, I kind of need money. So I tested for three more. <gasps> That's yes. right. I remember this. I That's tested right. for Allie McBeal. Mm-hmm. I tested for the Fran McDormand part in the TV series. They were then trying to make a Fargo, and I wow. tested for some— thing where I played a nun or something I can't remember. And I didn't get any of them. And I remember Becky Baker said to me, what this means, all this like failing, 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 it means you're you're about to get something, Aww. which was really sweet. That's true. And yeah. my manager, Emily, who was at that time my agent, kept, you know, pushing them. And they would always say the same thing, which was, we like her She's the top of the list. We haven't found anyone we like better, but we're just not ready to pull the trigger. Oh, my God. And so literally months went by. Oh, my gosh. Oh, so you auditioned. I'm, you might have been the top of I that year. Very you might have been. Like, cold it was weather. Very early. Ah. Cold very, weather. Very early. And so then I got an offer of, like, not a great part in a pilot that was like a pilot presentation, <clears throat> but it was like no one else was being seen, and they were starting to film on— Friday, and if I only flew and read, we would go right into rehearsal. Like, there was no chance I was not going to get it. And I actually was throwing um, a Passover Seder for my boyfriend's family. Like, it was a huge thing, and I had been, whatever, preparing for a long time. And I was like, I don't want to miss this event, which is, like, Wednesday night, because they wanted to test me earlier or something. And they were finally like, fine, you can fly out Thursday and, you know, whatever. And so we pushed off the You know, Mm -hmm. but it was like there was no chance that this one wasn't going to happen. It was like I was shooting so below my whatever, you know, fighting weight, whatever that sports (laughs) phrase would be. My manager, Emily, after after months of of badgering them and 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 now days leading up to this, she just badgered them all day long. (laughs) She would call them like every couple hours and be like, you're losing her in 24 hours. You're losing her in 17 hours. You're losing her in, you know. Yeah. And she finally cried on the phone. (gasps) She She was like, you know, you guys are crazy. This is the person for this part. She cried. And she called me at like 9 p.m., like in the midst of the Seder to say, Okay. They said yes. All right. Well, well the amazing thing here it's is— It's so great, is too, is that, you know, my none of us— I'm going to get back to you, Michael, in a second. <laughs> um, not no, me. But, um, I've heard it all. The <laughs> thing that's so funny about all of these is that, you know, like I've said, over the years, where what parts of these stories has eroded mm-hmm, and whatever, mm-hmm, and we've mm-hmm. taken on each other's story. But I do remember them coming to me and saying, you know we have Cynthia Nixon. <laughs> Oh, how great. That's that so, is hilarious. It's so funny that, anyway. The interesting thing anyway. about all of it is the randomness, yet specific journey that you were each on before you got these parts that then became, I would have to say, the essence for the world. You are these characters. It's undeniable that it was you, Kristen, you, Sarah Jessica, and you, Cynthia. Mm-hmm. So when you started playing the characters the very first year because the pilot's one thing this idea of this contract right yeah and and problems with Sarah or whatever this was one of the things that scared me was that 
I wanted to do the show. I love this script. I love the idea of being in New York. It felt different. It felt like there was this dark, sparkly thing inside these pages. And I knew it and I could feel potential. I could feel all those stories. But I was so afraid of a seven-year contract. Yeah. I can't even tell you. Like the idea that we... Old studio system. We could not... <laughs> Well, you got offered a play at Playwrights, mm-hmm. or you got a small part in a movie, or 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 you maybe wanted to just like go to Yugoslavia for the. Like, I don't <laughs> no, but I'm saying like life had been up to that point more liberty. And one of the things I will say about HBO, because when the show was picked up, is when I had the panic. That's when I said to my agents, "I'm so terrified of being on a television series for seven years," and they said, "Well, let's talk to HBO." And at that point, HBO said. We're HBO. We don't have to answer to advertising dollars. We don't have programming scheduled at September. So why don't you guys do the first season? And if, if you're not happy, we'll talk about it. If you're not happy, we're not happy. We're all not going to be happy. So all of a sudden, those things that were so scary, it shook out, you mm-hmm. know? And, and it's funny that each of us had our own kind of obstacles or seemingly insurmountable things that were theoretically in the way of joy, mm. it it kind of, it, it all revealed itself well, very that's, quickly. That's, that's the other thing too, which people don't kind of remember anymore because it became so visible. But that first year, those first quiet. episodes were oh, quiet. The entire thing was done and finished before it went on the air. There was no reaction. People didn't even know what we were doing. No. Yeah. We'd be on the street and people would say, what are you filming in? I would say Sex in the City. And they thought we were filming Taxi real, cab confessions. Or real yes. sex. Real that sex. HBO documentary yeah. Yeah. where they yeah. would like plaster cast people's yes. penises. Yes. And, and they would walk away. And I go, we're not doing that show. We're doing a different show with the right. word sex. So the whole thing was sort of mm. just for each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you talk heavenly. about the evolution of anything, what I think is so exciting and so unforgettable that needs to be put in the record is that we only put one step in front of each other. Mm-hmm. Each mm-hmm. step. Oh, now it's funny. Oh, now it's sad. Oh, when we introduced this element. And it was because of the characters, we kept finding ways to make them grow. But those whole first 12 episodes, I really don't even think, writing from the writing 12. point of view, 12, I didn't think we even... I didn't understand what we were doing until the last one, which was, oh, come all you faithful. I was like, oh, "Oh, it's a theme. And there are four different strands. And each of them has some sort of a feeling about Mm -hmm. religion. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was like, oh, but it's an evolution. Mm. And when we started, what did you think of Carrie starting off? Like, what did you think? Now you have such... I know. I'm going to really try to have it be its most pure answer to this question. So what did I think of Carrie Bradshaw the first year? I thought she was like, it felt like somebody in an alternate universe. Mm. It was like touchstones that I knew. If you said a place, I knew it. If you said a cross street, I knew it. If you named a brand of clothing, I mostly knew it. Keep in mind, this was New York in the 90s. This was money, politics, Wall Street, publishing. These were the things that were making the news. This was not the 80s with Barishnikov and ballet. This was the 90s. It was like decadent and... I knew all that. So it felt like a character to Mm, me. mm. It felt like a character, like somebody you would see and recognize, but definitely not know. (laughs) And the more that we get to play these people, to me, what happened is the more 
human they became. I agree. They went from primary colors. Which I loved. To loved. shades of that color. Mm-hmm. To eventually, I think, which is now plaid. They're everything. Mm-hmm. But when I first saw Carrie, <clears throat> the first thing, I'm going to do this with each of you. The first thing I thought was real. And when you talk about those columns where other people talked, mm-hmm. Carrie used to look at the camera and do voiceovers and talk to the audience. And the first thing yeah. I said to Darren is, I got to get, we got to get rid of those. Yeah. Because I believe she's real and I believe this is real and it's a real person in New York City. And when she turns and looks at the camera mm. and talks to me at home, I'm like, oh, it's a TV show. There was so much work that to me, I was like, this is all the things we can't say about this character right now. Like her yeah. feelings, her attitudes, her beliefs about sex, her beliefs about money, her beliefs about men, her beliefs about women, her beliefs about friendships that typically in a book you would spend chapters. Like yeah. it would unfold. Well, and mm. so it just, and I was like, I've only seen it done well once. And it happened to be my husband in a movie called Ferris Bueller. And, <laughs> and he was really good at it. But once that concept and conceit has been used, it felt really hard. Well, you were really good at it, but I didn't I want didn't it. think so. I didn't believe. I, didn't care I think it. your strength is making me believe you are this person in this real city. And if we are shooting in New York, why not make it real? I was totally. happy to, to see it um, go. Oh, I remember. It was, also, it was also a device to get more comedy in the show Correct. before we knew where the comedy was Correct. coming from. Because you had this Greek chorus of people saying, mm-hmm. my husband, he doesn't do this to me. <laughs> And then audience goes, oh, sex is funny. My (laughs) husband doesn't do this to me. Sex is funny. Ha, ha, ha. But then eventually the characters started to become themselves. Cynthia, first impression of Miranda. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I thought, oh, she's very funny. She's got a lot of zingers. (laughs) She's very hard-edged. She's like a workaholic. She's very cynical. And, um, you know, it was it was really fun. I mean, she had such great lines, and she was such an interesting character, but it was also such a great thing for me to have the potential to play it because I never do characters like that. What I'd, was your wheelhouse before Miranda? I would do, like, you know, kind of I had long blonde hair. And I naturally would be, like, blonde. Naturally blonde hair, and I would be, like, spacey flower girls or, you know, sometimes I would be like the ugly girl. Like I was never, I was never, um, you know, powerful or ambitious, like not even remotely. Amazing. Right? But you, like, were, you played smart I played girls. smart people, but I played like really, you know, meek mm. meek people I, who, who are not aggressive in any way. I remember. You, the thing you said is zingers. I was like, oh, joke. <laughs> hard joke. Give Miranda the hard jokes, the cynical, sarcastic, really funny underside of a woman that we haven't yet seen on television. Someone who's sort mm-hmm. of, Carrie was above it writing it in a sort of very literal sense. The whole show was her column. Miranda was like in the moment saying shit that I you want to sit next to so her at a well party. well from the pilot, like when I saw Cynthia's um, and, and forgive me because I don't really remember how all this kind of was layered, but Cynthia at a buffet bar oh, in beyond. a what we oh, used yeah, to call the, the Korean, Korean market. Korean. It's so good. When I saw that yeah. scene yeah. of Cynthia, I think there was, maybe I made it up, hard-boiled eggs. There was like, it was a classic Korean yeah. market. Tongs. The chicken. Tongs. The and chicken. I was like, oh. Yeah. I yeah. immediately understood Miranda. Totally. I was like, oh, she's like, really? 
And the and, you and know. the other, I guess the other thing I'll say is like I really wanted her to really look like one of those women who's kind of low on the totem pole in a law firm. And with so, the sneakers and yeah. the heels and in so the back. Poor Pat, Tote bag so and... poor Pat was like putting me in these <laughs> no really Pat Field. Pat Field putting uh-huh. me in these suit, dark suit, dark suit, dark suit, dark suit. And Pat was like gonna shoot herself. But I was like, but that's what she would wear, you know. Duh, talk about evolution. Okay, yeah. now before we evolve past the dark suits, Charlotte. <laughs> yes. Kristen, impressions, yes. first impressions, aside from the fact that Bigger, bigger, bigger. Yeah. When you were on your own, what was your impression? My impression was that, I mean, there was so little written. And when you read the book, Charlotte was like, do you remember there was like that sequence in the book where the Charlotte character who was apparently an amalgam of different friends, Candace later said? I think they all are in some weird way. Right. Right. But she made no sense in the book. She was, you know, a work in progress. Like, I felt like when I read her, I knew her. I related to her hopefulness and her cheerleading element. You know, like I felt like she was a cheerleader, even though they all disagreed with me all the time. You know, you know what's interesting? Yes. Because my first impression, <laughs> and I recently watched a bunch of the early seasons in Oof. preparation for this. Kristen and Charlotte had this one thing, and it was just a little bit of a, I'm not sure about this. <laughs> there was a little bit of a That's pull funny. away. There was a little bit of a, especially Charlotte, which I mm. think is so interesting because Kristen, my experience of Kristen was like, what, what's happening over there? <laughs> you know, like, how's this all going to like a little bit of a, a, I would say a side eye would be the phrase, like a side <laughs> eye, like, hmm, like watching, which is very, you, you put right into Charlotte. And when you see the early episodes of the coffee shop, there's some scenes actually where Charlotte is actually leaning back when Samantha's talking. Like, how did I get at this table with these Mm, other types? Mm. She was such a unique, different type. Mm. She was such the rules girl Mm. that it was really interesting because I remember being on the set with you and seeing you going like, and I still see that to this day, but it's it's so thrilling to see like, what exactly is going to happen now? Like, what are we doing? And Charlotte had that, which I wasn't expecting because the prototype is the preppy. The naive one. But I always saw that weird side eye, especially in the early episodes. Season three, I was like, we're done. She can't ask about the 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 rules anymore. Thank God. This person, this character in real life mm, in mm, Manhattan mm. that looks this way and cares this much would get married. So in that one felt swoop, we broke the formula, which was the brand for single girls on mm-hmm. in Manhattan and said, but it dried up for Charlotte. Mm-hmm. If we believe mm-hmm. Charlotte existed, she would force herself to get married. Mm-hmm. And she could get married. Mm-hmm. It's like, what? why not? Mm-hmm. And so that was huge to mm-hmm. say, okay, she's getting married. Now, what's the f- most sex in the city version mm-hmm. of that we can? So she marries <laughs> right. Prince Charming, who is impotent. And the other one was Miranda. <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Miranda, Mm. speaking of hard, you know, like you're saying, like so tough and forced, it got to a point where it's like, if we go any further, she's going to break. The character's going to break because Candace's book, 
mm-hmm. was like a box of broken glass. It was. It was sharp. And one of the journeys of and this— sat- ser- And satiric. Satiric. And, and sad. And, and deeply sad. And deeply realistic from her point of view. And in order to bring these people into your home, night after night, year after year, we had to soften and emotionalize them and a little bit more. And interiorize them. Interiorize yeah. and flower them and make it a little bit less sharp and soft and curly. And Miranda got to the point of brittle. Brilliantly played by you. No flaw there. In the writing, it was like, I can't push any more people away. So we brought in Steve, mm. who would be the soft, that would <gasps> melt the ice, the warm water that would <laughs> melt the ice. Charlotte, any surprises that you were like, I'm totally surprised it went this way? Well, I mean, I was certainly relieved when we had to stop talking about the rules because that was like possibly the hardest acting I have ever had to do in my life. Because <laughs> the rules were as a moment. It yes, was a book of it was how real. you date. It was real, and, and I, knew I will it was say real. that when you expressed it at the coffee shop, was just typically where we would hear your re-emphasizing of this idea. My because speeches, of, yeah, because you believed because Charlotte had an ideology. It never, to me, felt well trod. It always felt like it's got to be true, right? It's got to be oh. true. Yeah, it was it's never strident. It I'm never so was to me, honestly. To it that. never felt. It felt. It started to feel heartrending because it was so. It was like dogmatic without any scientific. <laughs> you know, Base. no, like no basis, right? But just to believe, like, sometimes you got to believe. You have to believe to wake up every day. And this is what her ideology was. So Which just to say it never no, felt true. tired. It felt sometimes like, desperate. And, and, how can you answer it anymore? She said, you know, there's a lot of sex on this show. And there's a lot of women who are like kind of not, you know, kind of beyond the pale. And they need a nice girl. And they need her there all the time. And, you know, and, 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 and she was 100% right, you know? There is, a, like, a wish-fulfillment fantasy about, like, wow, these women are having all these sex, but maybe in my own life, I'm not having—I need a character that I can relate to. Yeah. Oh, thank God, they're Charlotte. We Do you know what I mean? We well, needed a counterpoint. Well, unfortunately, and fortunately yeah. for the, the writers having you guys acted, the four points of view around those coffee shops were, you know, so clearly drawn. It was, like, literally a debate club, but you were— eating during it. Mm-hmm. And it was really the thesis of the show and Carrie summing up all the points of view later, but you all had a very strong primary color to play. And as we got to go further and further and further, we got to start changing Charlotte. I think Perfect just, example. Right. And I just yeah. got to say that Charlotte, for all her very traditional, sometimes seemingly prudish points of view, I feel like Charlotte is the most sexually adventurous. Like she's evolved into the most sexually adventurous. Absolutely. Not and the person that, with the happiest sex life. Uh, By design. Yeah. Well, thank there God. is also still, and you know, this is the beauty of good writing, is that the archetypes that were intentionally created, Miranda will respond like this. Charlotte will do this. Samantha will do this. Carrie will ask the question, then we'll write about it. And we will see this. It's still there. Mm-hmm. It's still there. It's it's human. And the reality is when you start to see what people can do, you know, just the idea of what people thought you were before you were Charlotte. And mm-hmm. then the day in and the day out and the year in and the episodes out, all of a sudden you go, oh God, Kristen's hilarious. But I want to <laughs> say about the thing you were just saying, she was like, no, I'm not buying this. Same thing as I was talking about, side eye. <laughs> Charlotte was like, I don't understand. What are you calling right. this? What's the right. word? And then just like that, she wanted the information. Yes. But all the characters became 
deeper and fuller Thank because God, of yeah. what you all could do with them. And we'd be crazy. I remember you coming to me, and I don't know if you were came to a trailer or something, and you said to me, we're going to start peeling away at this. You know mm. that, right? And I was like, oh, my God, mm. this is going to get so good. You were like, we have to. I remember your hands. You were like, oh, no, we have to. We can't stay like this. Mm. We have to start peeling away. It's going to get ugly. <laughs> Like in a good way. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, of course, because it's not sustainable. I mean, a calling card. If it's car- only going to be. Sex jokes. Not just sex jokes, but a point of view without the complexity and the nuance of the person more and more revealed. If Miranda, if we can count on Miranda, say we need to for purposes of understanding, okay, who are they? What are they? What is the show? What is Because we have no point of reference for another show. Or any other or show. Or anything. We right. couldn't look at another show and say, right. well, they did that, so we should be able to do this. Right. We had nothing. No. There was no four women talking <clears throat> at a coffee table about anything anywhere on television. So, but it no. didn't you said, exist. Like, no. we're going to start, Samantha's going to become this, and we're going to start seeing this, and we're going to, and I was like, oh, wow, this is going to get really, <laughs> it's going to get good. Because that leads to a massive fight ultimately between Carrie and Miranda, like a real fight because these people are real now. Yeah, they are. And audiences are going to have feelings and they're going to feel conflicted or they're going to pick sides or they're going to be heartbroken at the potential of this friendship being shattered. But you can't get there just with people saying, no. like, mm. you can't do that. When you do that, you give away your power. You mm-hmm, can't do that. Mm, when you sleep right. with someone, mm. well, baby, sleep with anybody you want. I mm. say I'm trisexual. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't do that. That was the calling card. Right. Mm-hmm. The calling card was, look how we're talking about sex, and there's right. these four points of view. And then it became these people. It went from sex to love, I think. And the love affair mm-hmm. between all of you for characters, and I loved the fights. Mm-hmm. It's interesting you would talk about the fights. Carrie and Miranda had some... Amazing, amazing. Knockdowns. I love them. Knockdowns. Of course, the ultimate was don't go to Paris. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I don't just say it. You don't like him with Petrovsky, yep. B- Mikhail Bernishikov. All right. In I don't like him. I don't like him. On, on uh, Greenwich Avenue. Yeah. In the snow <laughs> after Kristen went out the window. Yeah. Not Kristen. Right. Kristen, Kristen Johnson. The other Kristen, Kristen Johnson. Yeah. Yes, yes. The other really interesting fight was Miranda and Charlotte around the pregnancy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When they didn't see each other on the street. And it was so painful. One was pregnant not by design, Mm. and the other one couldn't Mm. get pregnant Mm. by no matter what design. And they pass each other on the street. And Miranda Mm. says to her, you can't do this, right? Oof, that was so good. It was so good, but that was also you changing things as we went, because remember how I was supposed to get pregnant, right? And we were going to be pregnant, we were going to be different mothers, and you were going to kind of showcase the different mothering. And then you came to me, and I was so excited, of course, because Charlotte wanted to get pregnant, so I wanted Charlotte to get pregnant. Mm. I didn't personally want to get pregnant necessarily, but you know what I'm saying. I wanted what she wanted, right, for her. And then you came to me, and you are like... I'm really sorry, but uh, Charlotte is not going to be able to get right now. I was like, what? <laughs> and you were like, well, I just don't, I just don't have enough storylines to have both, both of you because I don't, I don't know enough people who have the babies and the women, you know, writing don't have the babies. And yeah, yet, exactly. Now they do, but you know, it's not going to be good and we've got to make it this other thing. And I was like, oh my God, Charlotte's not going to get pregnant. Oh no. And then. And then he, when he saw that he's like, oh, good. This exactly. Is gonna be good. And then later on, I was because I was also, you know, not to that plate. We weren't all in that place yet. Of, I mean, you'd already had Sam, but you know, I, I, I wish, 
Like that's one of those things I look back on and I'm like, God, did I do it enough? Did I do it deep enough? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Because it was so deeply written. Oh, you did it. Okay. And then the other <laughs> great, very subtle fight that you two might not even remember. Do you oh, remember I the, remember. Do you remember the Carrie Charlotte yes! fight? about At my seeing- table. With the ring? Oh, the the loan. There were two. Okay. The loan, the money one. Oh, I remember that one. The yeah, money that one was, was good. the it big was good. one. It was that good. was the what first was the time. fight you refer? The first fight was when you're walking by with your bridal dress, when you were going for alterations and you bump into Carrie and Big coming out of the seedy motel. And she's your maid of don't honor. Don't remember. Don't remember. And you're oh packing up to leave and you let her have it. I do? Me? You, Charlotte lets Carrie have it. I like you have it for being in the CD motel. She me. says, how would you? She, because you're the embodiment of, 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 of marriage and wedding You and actually say, Don't he's married. Oh, oh, How ooh. would you feel if someone did this to me? And Carrie says, I would kill them. Oh. But it's this, can I please be your, wrap your bubble wrap now. You're wrapping bubble wrap. And I think the voiceover has something about we, Charlotte and I were wrapped in bubble wrap. Oh. But that was a big fight. Mm. First one, and then the other one was the money, which was the biggest fight in the writing room ever. Was, was it? The money was like, should Charlotte loan Carrie money for a down payment on her apartment? And yes, she should. And the writing room was up in arms. We never talk about. I said, so funny. The thing we can't talk about on the show is money. Mm. People were really upset about the fact that we were talking about money. And anytime we get around money, it's really like, are we going to say the number? Mm. Oh. How much I, money? I, to be honest, I sometimes I've talked to you about that. Like I get very uncomfortable with numbers because numbers are so specific, specific. to a person and circumstances and opportunity. About and how much? How much someone makes? Yeah. How much someone pays? Like, and New York is so expensive York that so, it just, just makes just, everybody it, else who lives anywhere totally, else be like, what? Right. I did yeah. have money that I was worth a million. Yeah, that was for the. the best. Wait, yeah. say that again? The prenup. Remember when I had to tell Bunny that I was worth a million? Yes. And I'm so scared, so scared to do it. I'm you worth know? a million. Yes, I'm worth a million. I had to look right at You Francis. know what I remember about that scene, that episode? What? Carrie's hair at that engagement party. <laughs> oh, what? I love that. It was that. the oh, giant bun hair the first time we'd seen the great. big the it princess so leia oh the leia the yeah, leia giant really bun good. hair it was, it was, really it was kind really of good. concord grape colored mcqueen yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. didn't willie and i arrive together yes. for that yeah i remember that um and that's over by riverside drive someplace yes. yeah so, all right let's let's since we're talking we're about <laughs> concord grape Favorite outfit? Oh no! Oh lord! No, Cynthia. Impossible. Any I just, I, 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 I say it's that so because hard, I've loved Michael. so many. I've loved every hit and I've loved every miss, and I stand by all of them. <laughs> yeah, I love them. I love them, and I love when the girl, the girl. I love when the ladies come to the set. I'm like, oh, oh, oh! You're wearing oh, that. Oh my god! I right. could never wear that. I could never wear that. Oh please! So nothing, Cynthia. No, nothing. Listen, this is something that people ask us all the time. We should have answers, but and I don't. Every single time it's like, <gasps> you know, and okay, I, well, I just say lipstick skirt. Okay. Yes. I like the outfit that Miranda wore to Stanford and Anthony's wedding. Oh, Tell the, us, what, what was oh, it? It's like low very plunge low net, cut. Oh, black and white. Oh, my God, you looked amazing. The black and white wedding. Yeah, yeah. you looked Ooh, amazing. That was very, yeah. good. very good. I, amazing. I love the way everybody looks. So I do want to talk about sex. <laughs> and the city. And the 
and city. But first, I want to start with sex. And I just want oh to say that God. it was only until like maybe the last season that I, someone told me, you was know, it's not sex in, in the city. The, no, Sarah welcome Jessica. to the No, wait. I remember being at so like, many events. Wait a minute. And you'd be like, is it sex? It's sex. In or is it sex? sex in like when she had to go speak, she'd be like, right, right before she, she'd be like, is it it's and or sex? In? And or sex? Anyway. And, and, and. So there are a couple of sex scenes <laughs> that oh, I, no. there are a couple of moments oh, for me as someone as a witness. the third rail, babe. No, it's really going beyond the third rail <laughs> okay. to behind the curtain. If you ever want to see Sarah Jessica laughing as Sarah Jessica, not as Carrie Bradshaw, it's the scene where they go to a tantric sex workshop and the episode was called, Was It Good For You? Where What's that? Mar- Charlotte's you determined- po- The Polish woman, remember? The Polish oh woman. That's, was she teaching? Oh she was she doing was a, a tantric sex- Did somebody oh make us God. go- uh, Charlotte, Charlotte was, yes, because the guy Char- fell asleep on her. Yeah, so she, she was, was like, talking- "I don't know what I'm doing in bed." <laughs> so right. Charlotte's over here. Was and, that, a, but- that was a real couple in real life. No, no, it was no, a, no, an no. amazing Polish actress. Yes, and, very and, celebrated. And tried right. to convince us. That. Anyway, for right. the audience, they're all sitting on a couch. Now, other th- important thing about this: it's the first time we let Charlotte wear glasses. Because oh. she was actually writing it all down in a notebook I'm so on the edge. <laughs> I love my glasses. She loves her glasses. I really do. And Sarah Jessica's on this side of the couch, and Cynthia's right next to her, and Kim's in the middle. And the joke <laughs> is they're watching a guy laying on the floor as this woman nightmare. gives him a hand job. And she's talking with that accent. Need the perennium, need the perennium. And Cynthia's character has a joke. And it's a great joke, but Sarah Jessica is already there. And Travis, <laughs> who's our prop, and basically the oh, idea is Travis. Miranda gets hit with ejaculate. I think I also <laughs> might have gotten hit. Yes, no, <laughs> no, 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 you no. did not. You maybe wanted to, but you no, did not. No, I did not. The want bit to. was Travis, who is our great prop man. Yeah had Jurgen's lotion in a plastic spoon That's and he was sitting underneath <laughs> the camera and he bent the spoon back. Right, And right. the first time he let it rip and it hit Cynthia perfectly <laughs> after her joke in the head. And please go look at it. Sarah Jessica is fully laughing at Sarah Jessica. <laughs> Carrie's nowhere near it. Cynthia's holding on, staying in character, which is one other miraculous time Cynthia has held on in character. And Kristen is just smiling <laughs> and trying to be hard, Charlotte. But it cracks through. And the other scene where I thought was amazing oh to see Sarah, everybody as themselves, we had a scene in the L.A. episodes. The first one is called Escape from New York, and the second one is called Sex and Another City. And by the way, those episodes were considered, when they were in the first run, they were considered less than because people from New York thought, well, they're not in New York. We don't like these because they're selfish. But I thought they were more than that because it was thrilling to go someplace new with these same New York characters in L.A., which made them New York to me. (laughs) But there was a very classic story where Carrie rented a uh, a Camaro blue car because it matched Mm. her purse. It was a Mustang, A Mustang, right. Sorry. And they were on a hill. The three of them, Charlotte wasn't there. I wasn't there, but I came to give support. Support. And the terrible thing happened, which it was a, a standard car. And it was rigged so that Sarah Jessica could drive it up a hill and it was parked on a hill. And we were doing this uh, thing where Carrie hill. can't drive up a hill. And it was a Sweetser Hill near the standard. Uh, Cynthia's in the back seat. Uh, Kim's in the right. And Sarah Jessica's behind the wheel. And the brake line broke. And the car took off down the hill. And backwards. Sarah Jessica backwards steered it. Somehow it started at the bottom of the hill, stopped. <gasps> And and everybody was screaming and panicked. 
Sarah Jessica got out. Her uh, security guy, Q, grabbed her and took her up. Kim got out. Full Blanche Dubois <laughs> collapsed. <laughs> like, I've, I've, I've just had a collapse of near death. Right, well, she was right. Cynthia's Miranda, who had the sightseeing map in her hand. <laughs> Cynthia, everybody carries Sarah Jessica and Kim away. Cynthia gets out of the back seat by herself, folds the map, <laughs> hands it to the prop people, and walks up the hill by herself. Cynthia was screaming at me in the car, not like screaming at me. She was trying, she was, I remember her saying, hit the brakes, hit the the brakes. And I was, I was like, I can feel my foot on the ground hitting the brake. At one point I was like, I'm going to try any pedal. I'll try any pedal. I was like, you know, like an organ player. I was like. It was a near death experience that everybody went home (gasps) and collapsed. And should we keep filming? It was so tragic. And then that night Cynthia's doing the riding. She's back on the ball. Yeah. I was like, wow, she's back on the ball. I had to come see that. I had to come be part of it. How awful was it to meet a guest star and have to instantly kiss them? Depended on the Depends. guest star. Depends. <laughs> Holy. <laughs> Cynthia, what, was, what, what do you say? Well, I think that, I mean, I had n- not at that point and not other than these two shows done uh, sex scenes ever. But I think the thing that kept it from being just horrific was with two things. One was that it was our home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we felt secure. Mm-hmm. And and they these, didn't. And they didn't. No. And these sweet guys who were coming in were, were so nervous. Were so <laughs> nervous. Yeah. Yes. And it was like it was like our job to try and take care of them and like you know, let them know that it was going to be okay. If we and could. it was the opposite of everything that had always happened exactly. to us in the world. Exactly. Yes. We were the interlopers. We were the bait. Meaning we were women. the thing. Women. Yes. And we were objectified. And we were the people who were walking onto a set having to take our, I mean, I never did nudity, but like any intimate yeah. scene, kissing, yeah. whatever it was, 100%. And, and just to add on to that, I know it's not sex necessarily, but I think the thing that, felt to me like the hardest is making sure there's so many people that have come onto our show, some for five hours, some for five days, some for two days. There is, to me, nothing harder than stepping onto a moving train where everybody knows literally all the ball bearings of the machinery and you, and they're joking and talking and reading before and talking and laughing. Someone calls action and we're like, (laughs) you know, like it's the level of comfort is so... It's so part of the tissue, like mm-hmm. we are our mm-hmm. organs. And so, ne- and then it's an intimacy and a kissing. It doesn't matter what intimacy. Intimacy is can be any number of things to people. Oh, uh, yeah. And so, it, it, Cynthia, you're absolutely and right. The, and the other thing I think that also helped was, just speaking for Miranda, but I think for all of us, so many of the scenes were comedic and, and we're like the sex went wrong or the yeah. sex was right yeah, that's, so it that wasn't was, like oh we have to be really I would hot say, right now no i think all of them and you know you had said you'd never done a sex scene so i'm watching the the, <laughs> the first or two seasons just remember everything was so simple like charlotte's bedroom was two oh, walls it was with a curtain that didn't even have time. a drop no it was just like a lighting but what blew me away second season second episode Cynthia Miranda's doing Dirty Talking Guy with Neil Pepe, the artistic director of the Atlantic Theater, great actor. You are completely naked, completely, (laughs) completely naked, second season, second episode, and doing comedy 
Naked comedy. And I was like, that's, that's our third hour. I mean, I thought we, <laughs> Naked comedy. I literally thought we got there at some point, but I didn't realize it was so early in the thing that it was completely wide and open. And keep in mind, if you're saying that we did 12 episodes for season one, it's that was not 14. like we did 28 no. and then everybody was really comfortable. It was like, that was episode 14. Right. So, and if it's episode 14, that means that we all had worked a sum total of not very many days, if you mm. think about it. Mm-hmm. But did you? Know you mean? Like, did, that's pretty. I mean, yes. That shows a level of comfort or I mean, a lot of other things. Oh, as Cynthia well. was very brave. Is this what we're saying? Well, <laughs> I mean, because sometimes I was like, Cynthia, Cynthia, don't, don't. don't I was be so, so nervous. Brave. I was very Charlotte. I was like, I was like, why, why is Eigenberg like holding your breast like that? Like, tell him <laughs> don't hold the breast like that. It's ew. Like, like, <laughs> it's like, is ew. anyone protecting why, Cynthia? Why is poor David Eigenberg getting called out? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm one. sorry, David. All the sex was comic. Yes. I mean, you know, all those guys, those one-offs, you talk about a guy coming on that there were so many one-offs where these guys just came in and, as you said, were the brunt of the joke. Yeah. So you guys did take care of them. And it was always about sex was Try funny. Try to take people care of just, everybody that comes on our set. Oh, my God. You so know? many people come on. Because we have so mm. many people. A and lot the, of them are actors we know. And maybe we've been in an audition rooms with them. Maybe we've never worked with them. But we, you know. Let we me tell you, know when I run them. into them in L.A., it's so funny. Which, the guys? Yeah. I mean, sometimes they weren't my guys. Often they were your guys. And I'm always, I mean, you just feel like you know them. You know what I mean? Even if you don't. Like, you just really have, like, an intimacy. Do you know what I mean? Right. Because you saw them in that, Yeah, we've been through the wars together. Like like the girlfriend position. You you know what I mean? Basically. Right. Right. Yeah. So, speaking of sex. Yes. Obviously, Cynthia was, like, comfortable and funny. (laughs) Uh, Charlotte. Yeah. Did anything go too far for Charlotte? Yes. I've been very clear about this one. (laughs) I cannot stand, and Cynthia Nixon told me it was funny and that I should do it. (laughs) I cannot stand the episode where that dude shouts those mean. You fucking bitch, you fucking whore. I don't like it, Michael. I don't want to hear it anymore. I don't like it. I don't like it, and I don't like it. If you'd like (laughs) to see an episode. Where Kristen is, is not Kristen, Charlotte, but is Kristen. It's true. Go to the episode called Are We Sluts, where the guy screams at her. It's awful. Every and, time he comes, he screams, you awful. fucking bitch, you it's fucking awful. whore. It's awful. And it's Kristen awful. is- I'm so sorry. Thank you, Sarah. I'm so sorry. Thank you, Sarah. Well, she's Jessica. a very calibrated instrument. You can't say anything to Kristen, the actress, <laughs> without it going in. Right. So it this guy yelling at her, you effing bitch, you effing whore. And so close to me. <laughs> Like, I can feel it. It's awful. Okay? It's awful. You've done so many brave things. Thank you. I cannot believe it. Do you remember the uh, Golden Retriever blowjob? Yes, also really (laughs) problematic because Darren and I both had the Golden Retrievers. I was like, Darren, come on now. Come on. We have to respect our Goldens. I don't even know. I don't don't remember the details of that. I I just don't don't. remember. All you need to know is Kristen had had to see something. One of the episodes that I know, Sarah Jessica, you think went too far was the episode where Carrie farts. Which is, of course, in the episode "The Drop," because that is one of those it's times so where great. I went down to this the the trailer. I know exactly. I can remember every single thing. I remember where you were sitting, how you were sitting, what you were wearing. I remember how how high the shade was up in that trailer window. Well, do you want to talk about it? <laughs> Tell um, us. Well, in typical fashion, you come, you have an idea, you say, and I know, you you know, when, when Michael sits down in a certain way and looks at you in the <laughs> oh, eye yeah, in a and certain smiles, way yeah, and smiles, done. you know done. that he's about to ask you yeah. something that you, is going to 
make you pause. Yeah. And your your desire is to say, you always want to say yes, because my instinct about Michael's instincts is, are that he's probably right. Mm-hmm. Can I do it? Can I fulfill it? Can I do it and not be nervous, self-conscious, uncomfortable, question it, doubt it? But I knew that it would be good and funny and right. I just, I don't know. Well, it had never been done. It was not something that was done. And he was like, you don't understand. It's going to be so great. And then he's going to do this thing. And then you're going to try to like undo it and pretend it never happened. And then he's going to do a thing. And and, and, um, I knew it was, I I mean, I knew, I I didn't have a good argument against it. Well, no, of course. But then you threw yourself into it so much so that when you pull a sheet over your head and try to get out of the room, you walk into the door frame. (laughs) (laughs) And and that's a moment of Chris Note just laughing as Chris Note, not laughing as Mr. Big. He just starts laughing. Because you hit right. the doorframe as, yeah. as a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> as a ghost. <laughs> Very funny. The fart ghost. Let's talk about some of the one-off guys. I'm just going to run down. The, oh, the actors? The actors. The the, the the giant guest stars that came on and did special things. You might who have to remind me. Yeah, oh, I will, of course. You're going to remember. Who was the guy who, who picked you up on Single and Fabulous? Question mark. 20-something guy. Elephant? No. Bradley Cooper, first oh, job. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. See, I'm not going to be good at this. I'm all not, right. not going to. I can do it. We'll, I can we'll, do it. We'll, we'll all leap in. Yeah. Okay. Bradley Cooper, first job. The hair. Said he could drive a stick to get the job because the character <laughs> character drew, drove a Carmen Ghia. Four o'clock in the morning, another Friday, outside yeah. 14th Street. And I said, Bradley, this is where you drive. You 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 take off. And he goes, I can't drive a stick. <laughs> and so we had it. We fixed changed. We pivoted. Sarah Jessica's character, Carrie, crawls out of the back of the Carmen Ghia and walks herself home. Yeah. <laughs> Timothy Oliphant, of course. Yeah. These are Carrie's. I'm going go to go to okay, okay. Okay. John Bon Jovi. Yeah. Oh, yes. Who wanted to pee on you? Uh, John Slattery. Yay! John Slattery, the politician. Wanted, who was your high school boyfriend who was mentally ill? Oh, David Duchovny. Right, yes. Um, L.A. episodes. Who was the who was the charlatan oh, that you had? Vince, Double Vince, 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 Vince Vincent Vaughn. Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. Who did you sleep with twice as two different people? Um, Justin Thoreau. Thoreau. Right, and his problem was, of course, incompetent. Right, and then he Impotent. was he the one that's like, where is the scallion ja- cream cheese? That was yes. the, yeah, that's that Valerie was Harper, the premature, Valerie Harper. premature ejaculator. And then his yeah. first character was a kind of a writer, a rogue uh, poet in, yeah, in yeah. Washington Square Park. Yeah, yeah, you and Stanford had a scene sorry, with sorry. him and we liked yes, him so that. much. It's just, yeah. he, he's great. <laughs> Loved him. And there was somebody else on the show twice that you know that had scenes with. Do you know who that was? Oh, we. it, it, it was just somebody that was recently, no, nope. uh, no, um, I do. Sex in the City. A certain person sold you shoes, and oh. a certain person did a shot with you. Come on. Andy Cohen. Andy Cohen. Right. <laughs> Two episodes, same character. He yes. worked, I guess, at Bergdorf's. And, and at the disco. <laughs> and he was at the bar with your other uh, so hot gay boyfriend, which was Murray Bartlett. He was great. I loved he him. was great. And what, loved him. What woman did you kiss? Alanis oh, Morissette yes. with a big white flower on and yes. a rubber black rubber dress. Who sat on the toilet and did their business with the door open that Miranda dated? Oh my God, I don't even see. I'm 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 way over fifty, so I can't remember anybody's Jim name. Gaffigan. Yeah, Jim Gaffigan. Jim wow. Gaffigan. I know, I know, I know. Oh I my gosh, yeah, he was so great. Wow. Who 
very, in the last, first season, the last episode, who was the Catholic guy? Oh. Who had to shower after sex? I know that. John Benjamin Hickey. Right, Mm -hmm. right. (laughs) And who was the guy who had to have sex out in public? We called him Jack. Oh, Will Arnett. Will Arnett. and I see him in LA. I see him too whenever I'm there. Will Arnett. And Will Arnett was actually hired earlier, but couldn't get his visa. He's Canadian. And then we had to let that go. And then he came back as Jack the Ripper. Now you had a lot of one-offs. Oh, yeah. So I don't want to go through them, but there is one. Cynthia remembers them. have more one-offs than that? No. Remember, we were— I mean, maybe. Yeah, but, oh, no, I had a yeah. lot. A lot. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we we, we, we did a—or t- maybe a magazine did a tally, and right, and Charlie yeah. had slept with more people than anybody else. Which sure. Which is crazy. Or, but also, because when, I when remember we were out the, in New York, Cynthia would be like, you kissed that guy. I remember and I'd be like, really? Set, they did a thing. <laughs> they did a whiteboard. It was like— um, a Super Bowl thing and they bet and I came out like way ahead and it turned out I'd slept with like three characters up like three people I was like how well, is you this dated, happening you actually dated men for a long time right, the rest right. of us were like I got a guy who yeah. wants to put a yeah, flower uh, in Carrie, my you know? Carrie did very rarely one-offs I can think of them right now Jack Rabbit Sex Jack Rabbit Jack Sex, Rabbit sex. who was that who I was don't remember that, that. Uh, it was a great comedian I can't think of his yeah. name that's okay. Was it um the fella who played uh um seventy six trombone in the no. week? No, what? Craig okay. Bierko. No, what? Craig Bierko? Yeah. No. 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 Yeah, he Craig Bierko. He was the jazz, jazz guy. He was jazz, 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 jazz guy. guy. Yeah, yeah, but Jack yeah. Rabbit it's Sex okay. was a one off. I'm sorry. I want to focus on 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 me? Charlotte Stadium. Okay. I didn't mean to do that. I apologize. Uh, the, and there were so many men I can't even mention. But there was one that was wrong that you actually pursued, and it was the gay straight guy. The g- straight gay, gay guy. I remember that. Danny Futterman. Danny Futterman. Because I remember even what we were wearing when Willie and I were discussing. Because Stanford and Carrie had come to visit you while I got a bakery and he had jumped on a, no, I don't know, he had done, and you he were exhibited. Like, he had made beautiful you muffins like, and he and owned it. And we went back there was to another mouse. plate. We there were, was a mouse. Uh, yeah, and I was like, no, 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 he's great. And you were like, ah. Uh. But he was so great. And we and I did a sex scene with him that was more sexy than normal because I really liked him and it was fun. You're like, oh, well. Yeah, he, and then he went and stayed in my L.A. house and met his girlfriend who he then married and had children with. Oh, that's um, right. Sure. As the series grew, yeah, we started to get deeper with these male characters. And we always brought men in their lives so that they could grow and challenge them. So each of you had significant men. Mm. Big, Carrie had big, Aiden Berger and Petrovsky. Mm-hmm. What was similar about all of those people? <laughs> Nothing. I see, I see more similarity between Big and Petrovsky than I do including Berger in something and trying to make some connective tissue. I don't see Berger. I see Berger as sort of like this his own yeah uh, by design special again. mistake. Um, I mean, I think the only con- the only thing that is similar is that Carrie believed in the idea of this this kind of love for this person and could defend it even as even as she in my head and sometimes participated in its undoing mm. yes so she was committed she could see it yeah and she could also she was always about all of them troubleshooting she was often in advance of a problem sort of seeing something discussing it or not internalizing it and those three presented the most they were challenging in different ways but equally as the distraction of it was equal in my opinion uh burger was almost like an exercise in 
Masochism. Yeah, tolerance, <laughs> masochism, patience. But, yeah. Uh, uh, by design, I'll, uh, again, mm, a, mm. a character brought in for Carrie trying to go with someone that seems like they should work. Yeah. You know, and it's funny because all those characters seem so exotic, but of all the men, the one that the writers, the ladies in the writing room reflected most realistically was Burger. And it's the one that what? sort of, wow. yeah, they, they all had a very strong Burger in their life. Everybody oh, else was a little bit more aspirational and a little bit more of a confection, an invention, a thought. But Burger was the reality of the women in the oh. writing room. They were all like Burger, 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 Burger. It's interesting to me. Yeah, there was no reach for Burger. Burger was there. Yeah. Hmm. You know? It seems to me the thing they all have in common is their work is very important to them. Mm. Do you know? That's mm. true. Like as opposed to the guys you did and yeah. I did. Like their no, work is like really, a way to earn a yeah, living, but yeah. their mm. their work was so central and so. That's true. You know. Now let's talk about Miranda's love interest. There was Skipper, played by Ben Weber. Steve, of course, played by David Eigenberg. And then there was Robert, played by Blair Underwood. Three different men, three amazing actors. What do you think is similar in all those guys, if anything? Huh. What is similar in all those guys? Well, I think Robert is the outlier, right? Because he's the he's he's kind of more of an alpha, right? Yeah. And that S Skipper and Steve in different ways are 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 up for folding in and letting Miranda be the boss, mm. you know? Mm. And Robert's not trying to dominate, but it was just more of a kind of a meeting of equals mm -hmm. kind of a The great thing. thing about Robert was he was the alpha, but then he put I love you on a cookie. Right. Which was the end of the relationship. And how many of those cookies did Cynthia have to eat? <laughs> I heard about that. Oh, my God. I, I Cynthia had to eat so that. many but of those so cookies. it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. It's so funny because, you know, we're so separated by work all the time. We come together, coffee shops, we're in couplets or duets. And the show takes a long time to shoot, I think, relative even to some other shows that sure. are 30 to 43 minutes long. But so, you know, there are whole other worlds that are like We'll only know about them if they come up talking, if we watch, or we're going to watch the show, and some people watch the episodes and some don't. It's so also personal to it's your like individual such experience. A, it's such a personal experience, but, you know, you'll hear like, oh, my God, it was so funny last night, blah, blah, blah. You know, this one doing this and this one doing that. And also the crew is talking about, you know, mm -hmm. we were here till 2 in the morning, but, you know, it was hilarious because this person had to do this and that actor had to come on. And But they're so separate. I don't think people realize that we're not there a lot. Like, we're not doing phone calls together and we're not always doing, you know— Working on the same day. So we'll sometimes cross paths in a hair and makeup trailer, but days and days and days could pass. Sometimes we even weeks. Weeks, yeah. I mean, but the reality is when we realized that the episodes were four strands, mm. four different characters, each having their own life. Oh, mm -hmm. Samantha's the comic one, this one. Charlotte's the relatable personal mm -hmm. one. Carrie's that one. Mm -hmm. and Miranda's this one. They had whole stories that none of the other characters had were any in intersection until they at intersected at a coffee shop. Right. Mm -hmm. And so by the time, too, that, you know, the way the show is boarded or the way it's shot is you'll go to Miranda Hobbs' apartment and you'll be planted there and put down 
steaks for four Do all days, you know, stuff, like knock it out for stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like it, it's uh, it gets very separate for a while, which mm-hmm. is also really healthy because then people have a little bit of time mm-hmm. and they can recover and take care and of. And then like, the excitement when you all come back together and is also so the much fun. Yeah, it's great. When you watch like this season of and just like that, I know we're not talking about that, but like I cannot wait. Like I cannot wait to see. I'm so <laughs> excited because even though we do the read throughs, the whole life that happens yeah. that we weren't there for, you're getting to watch like another show and some changes from the table read. Yeah, sure happen. It's really fascinating. That's why table reads are important, A, for the writing, but also for each of us to feel we're all in this one moment together. Yeah, I know. Remember that time really? we had to do the Zoom? So oh, the sad. Zoom was so Michael's painful. head was like down. Yeah. Ooh, just that was I felt really head. bad about It's bad because, you know, what we what I personally get out of table reads is energy. Yeah. I will say, though, Michael, as bad as you felt, the one virtue of that was that we weren't meant to have Corbett because he couldn't come into New York City for that table read. Right. So he was able to join that table read and that was good. It was fantastic. That was like a nice little... It was a breath of fresh air when we needed it. I mean, it just really proves that a table read and the show is about an ensemble and how you all feed off each other. And I always say to people, well, it won't be funny because... Kristen won't be laughing at what Cynthia's right. doing. You know what I mean? Like right. you are all sort of treating we were each laughing other. On to that these... Zoom one, even though it wasn't ideal, oh. we were laughing. Oh, I was, it's I was true. laughing. It's at true. Stuff. But I think what is also fascinating is when new people come and they're used to like normal table reads, which are not like our table reads, where you're just reading with your head down. Like, no, Michael Patrick has trained us, man. We're doing a show. I'm like, come on, guys. Get some energy. And right. if you want to try a really extreme choice, try it, it in a in the table, table reading. Read. Yeah. Totally. You know, we'll get the scripts and I try to read the, some, I'm sometimes I'm just catching up to reading them by design and by accident in time. But if I have a question about a scene or lines or words or rhythms, I always try to remember myself, just let Michael hear it this way. Before you start asking questions or saying, can we change this? Just let him hear it. Then you go plead your case before the Definitely, court because yeah. it's important to hear it all as he heard it, as he typed it and wrote it and imagined it. So he can either choose to agree and see or say no, because you, what you don't know, Sarah Jessica, is two episodes from now, Carol, don't tell me, I don't mind. Okay, I understand. But that's a lovely thing to say, and it's true and it's needed. But the other thing about the table read for me and the writers is if something doesn't work, we know it's not you guys. We just take it away because it's kind of couture writing. It's Mm -hmm. cut for you. Mm -hmm. And then we can hear, well, that's a joke. Carrie doesn't do jokes. That's Mm got to go. Mm -hmm. She makes uh, observations. Charlotte's leading men. Oh, yes. Kyle. Yeah. Kyle McDougall. Yeah. What am I going (laughs) to Kyle McLaughlin, Trey McDougall, perfect Prince Charming. Dreamboat. Very dreamy. As you know, we all fell in love with him. He wasn't supposed to stay as long as he did, and we're really happy that he did. He was so game to say. Well, the first thing when I met Kyle and I said, look, your giant name, you're a very well-respected actor. Somebody still say, okie All righty. All righty. All righty then. All righty then. Yeah. Yeah. Please come on the show and your character's impotent. (laughs) And then his eyes lit up. He was like, oh, that's really interesting. Mm, and then because of his Scottish heritage and we just kept that going down that road. When you get somebody that's special, you start leaning in. Corbett's Aiden is mm. so special that it just started to become more and more of his vibe. 
And uh, you two were a very heartbreaking couple. Oh, great. They were so great. But in the evolution, just like we brought Steve in to see what would happen with Miranda, then we brought Harry in because Charlotte had such an ideal. And what we've been trying to do with this series all along is have these sacred cows of what people think society wants them to be and then sort of slay them and say, okay, Charlotte is so convinced she has to be Snow White with Prince Charming, that if that blows up, who is she? It's and- true. And when I see the some of those, you know, in this uh, 25th anniversary, all these retrospective clip things have been happening. And, like, I see myself in some of those scenes with the breakup. Charlotte is so um, uncomfortable with her expression and feelings to him during the, during the breakup. Do you know what I mean? She's so, like, stunned, like— I can't believe this is happening right. to me. I can't believe this is how it's unfolding. My my fantasy is like in shatters at my feet. And I literally don't know what to say. And I look at myself and I'm shocked. Like I'm I'm like, who is that? It's interesting. Yeah. But that that was very Charlotte. She didn't she she had no plan for that. That was like outside her imagination, which is what then broke her apart to I open think for Harry. Hard, one of the yeah. hardest things uh, was when Evan came in, who is a wonderful actor, that the color that was supposed to happen was heat and lust. And Charlotte's got to just be on him. And it was very hard to say, <laughs> now you're, you have, what is it? Unbridled lust for someone and you have to jump him. It was a very interesting demand. It was hard. It was very hard. It had nothing to do with the actor, but it was like supposed to be instant. Right. And you had to actually want to have sex with him. There's a couple of two other leading men on the show that weren't one-offs and stayed around. And that's Mario Cantone, Mm. Anthony Marantino, who we brought in. For Charlotte to have yes. a gay best friend because she would. And also <laughs> we wanted to throw in the mix. Okay, everybody thinks gay guys just get along. So we brought in hilarious, <laughs> it was so opinionated good. Uh, Anthony, played by Mario Cantone brilliantly, to go opposite Stanford, yeah. played by Willie Garson. And Stanford was ground zero for Carrie. Wasn't that the first stuff you shot was you and Willie? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Stanford was ground yeah. zero for Willie. Mm-hmm. For you and uh, you and Willie was just the beginning. It was her sounding board. Mm-hmm. You would walk down the street talking, mm-hmm. and it was a very unique. Willie had such a beautiful, mm-hmm. unexpected delivery. Mm-hmm. It was kind of above it, and yet perfect. Yeah, he was a real person in Carrie's life. Like he was, in some ways, like been around forever person in her life, Mm -hmm, you know. mm -hmm. So we did sex, the city, filming in New York. There is no show without our city, not just any city, our city. Um, The city was ours. Like Mm. we were shooting the city. I I, I feel like we exploited every cross street, every avenue, like it— we were like, we're going to do this scene in the front of that storefront, this cross street, mm-hmm, that thing. Mm-hmm. And there isn't, I, I mean, a day or a week that goes by where I'm not walking down a street mm-hmm, in our city. And I'm like, oh, shot that scene there. Walked with this person there. Fell there. Had coffee there. Did You know, this city has been, and we haven't even scratched the surface. Like, there are 
Well, it's ever changing. Mountains and mountains of neighborhoods cross uh, streets. How many times have you said we shot here when it was that? Blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And right. now we're shooting in a new version of a restaurant that was not right. that. Right. And the fact of the matter is, it started much like the evolution of the show. Can we film here? Can we film here? Don't know what it is. By season three, when the show had caught on and was a zeitgeisty builder, mm-hmm. the city opened up. We could film anywhere and people were that's really thrilled. That's how it was thrilled. with the fashion. We, we'd be mm. like, can we borrow, can we borrow, can we borrow? And right. finally some person let us in and it was the gateway to access to finally getting a bag from right. this person, that person. But I would person. say you opened those doors. Like you had the relationships and you taught, at least you taught me, like how to have a good relationship with a fashion house and having respect for what mm-hmm. they do and returning things and going to their shows if they asked you and doing the things that, yeah. it was a job. It yeah, was it was like job. the Library. And you knew how to do you it. You know, totally. what is the honorable way of like exactly. loaning, borrowing, returning, right. and but you open those retreat. doors. But the city, I think, too, like we, because I remember some of those early locations, they were down and dirty. Like yeah. we'd be in the smallest apartment in the world <laughs> shooting, and we would be trying to get a camera, never mind two cameras, which we most frequently did. We most mostly didn't have two cameras. Yeah, we, and we would you have steady cam. Remember, Joe yes, would get the steady cam. It was always like pretty rogue, pretty down and dirty, you know, narrow staircases, small footprints. Um, we weren't polluting the streets with campers and trailers. It was much, but A keep in bit. mind we were on film and we were rolling down big, huge lights down avenues. I that mean, was cute. big lights. We don't roll around big lights anymore because no. it's we don't get to shoot on film. So the light, like so much of it's different. It's grown in scope on our streets and it's shrunk. It's like had this weird retraction That's and true. growth at the That's same true. time. But the city's been there is nothing like shooting in the city. 100%. And boy, when you think you're tired and you're dragging your rear end, you know, day four <laughs> of a long week, and then you, you know, you go through hair and makeup 3.34 in the morning, and you're like, this is inhumane. This is crazy. What am I doing? But then you get to the set and all that yeah, stuff, that, that yeah, thing yeah, that yeah, happens yeah. when you walk on the set and the crew's ready and cameras are up. And, you know, like there's like- a garbage truck goes by and says, hey, Carrie, <laughs> yeah. ready to go. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Do you guys remember 6th Avenue in the village on the Friday night? And we had, they had our chairs in the gutter. Our chairs were lined up in the gutter. <laughs> no. And we were like, it was kind of that summer that it was, it was super hot and happening, you know, third season probably. And we had to do like five block walk and talk, which was really, really yes, hard. Yes. Up and down the curbs. And yes, it was like a yes, huge I challenge. Do. I and feel then- like it was spiller. It might have been. It might have been. Spiller, and, then, maybe. and at one point, we went to like a bodega, and we were like, "Could we just stand here in your doorway because we can't be out on the street because people were coming?" And they were like, "Okay." And they were all like, "Oh, the girls are here in our bodega." And then we're trying to walk. We're we're get we're doing good. We're like on block three, right? We're doing good with our dialogue. We're walking. We're talking. It's all good. And then a car of dudes drives by, and it's like, "Sex in the city, bitches!" <laughs> and we were like, "Darn it!" <laughs> Take. We almost had it. It did go from completely like Betty Ann Fishman, who you mentioned used to be our first AD, and she could say, I could drop Sarah Jessica in the middle of Fifth Avenue. No one even knew what was happening. We would put you in the middle of real people yeah. on Fifth Avenue and put a camera way down at the end yeah. of the block to get Long a walk. Oh, I love it. And they it. had no idea what it was, was so happening. Great. Real people. And now, yeah, I mean, when we shot the movies, the I remember when we shot the wedding in front of uh, the library. The crowd there were maybe 500 people there. Yeah. And what was so sweet about it was 
They were like a theater audience. Yeah. We asked them, please don't take pictures or make noises between action and cut. And they would go, okay. I know. And then it would be like they were seeing this mm. magical thing happen. Mm. Their ladies in their city, mm. they happened to be walking by or they knew we were there because the Post put a schedule on. I love that. Th- this is like a really strong memory of um, being with Cynthia and Kristen, on the day of the wedding. And the reason it was just the three of you, Carrie, Miranda, and Charlotte in the scene, is that Samantha had stayed behind at the wedding to control all the PR disaster. Yep. And they, you know, we were shooting at the Bryant Park Library, at the big, you know, library with patients and uh, what are the what are the lions called? Um, uh, oh, uh, uh, I don't know. Patients and virtue lions. Um, and, and, um, up just in a room together, up in with the, um, with the tapestries. We were just in no, no, in okay. a hotel room. Oh yeah, they gave us. We shared across, one yeah, yeah, ho- yeah. one room at whatever hotel was across the street. It was just the three of us just in there together on Carrie's wedding day. I just thought it was so beautiful. It was, and it, people were being quiet. You know. You had this dress on that you had to take off in between because she couldn't walk. It was a beautiful Zach Posen. Um, the black Zach swan. Posen dress. Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And everybody was being like, we were playing music. I don't know if you remember. It was just thoughtful and quiet. We knew what we had to do when we got out on that side street, mm-hmm. you know, with him pulling up and those flowers and her pulling Carrie away and her giving Screaming him that no. look and you. And um, it just was like so. Oh, it makes me weepy. It just was so cozy. And we just knew what we had to do. We yeah. knew we weren't going to talk about it. And we knew we had to save it. And we had blocked it by the numbers. You're going to be here and you're going to be here. And we're going to set the cameras up and then go up and get dressed. And we're going to give you a 15-minute warning to get back in that dress, back in your dress, back in your dress. And then, you know, just like the streets like played all these roles in our life, mm-hmm. you know, like our professional lives. And like we were there for so mm-hmm. many milestone moments Mm -hmm. for each other in the characters' lives. I think that the ongoing gift for me is that people acknowledge that all the roles you've played in their lives, people Mm -hmm. will come up to me on the street and thank me for the show. And I say, thank you for the show. Oh my God, thank you. And I say, thank you for all of you for Mm. the show, because it's a gift that could never have happened without this group of people this moment in time mm-hmm. that somehow lasted 25 years. It's a it's a great legacy and it's still growing. It's still evolving and now into just like that. So well thank you, Michael. <laughs> so it's been Sex in the City and it's been our last 25 years together. <laughs> How thrilling. Just amazing that 25 years have passed. It's crazy. It's incredible. We're so lucky. Yeah, really lucky. Now I know what Susan Lucci feels like. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. And to every writer who contributed every morsel, every personal experience, every courageous story that embarrassed them, that you've all found a way to weave into the stories that we got to tell, which we know is mandatory, that a story have happened in a life. That's the only way it gets shared. And so to every writer, Absolutely. every person on your writing Amazing. staff in the writing room, mm-hmm. thank you. Yes. 
Well, that is the end of this very special anniversary episode of And Just Like That, the Writer's Podcast. Thank you so much, my friends and muses, Sarah Jessica Parker, Cynthia Nixon, and Kristen Davis for joining us today. Stream And Just Like That Season 2 starting June 22nd on Max and listen to And Just Like That, the Writer's Room on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. And Just Like That, The Writer's Room is produced by Neon Hum Media for Max. At Neon Hum, Cher Morris is the executive producer. Joanna Clay is the lead producer. Sammy Allison is our head of production. Zoe Culkin is our associate producer. Sam Baer is our engineer. That's it for the show. Thank you for listening. Hacks is coming back, and so is the official Hacks podcast. With us, your hosts. I'm Paul W. Downs. I'm Jen Statsky. And I'm Lucia Aniello. We're the creators and showrunners. Each week on the podcast, we'll break down the new episodes. We'll also have special guests, cast and crew from the show like Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart. Hacks Season 3 is available to stream now on Max. Be sure to listen wherever you get your podcasts or listen directly on Max.